Welcome back, everybody. My name is Tub. And I'm Jonesy. And we, we watch, watch movies. movies. You do it so slow. I try to catch up to whatever you're doing. I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a chameleon. Okay, well, we're nailing it. We're back. We're here. Every week. We're back. We're here after a tumultuous 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, so we tried to record this last night, and you lost power because there's thunderstorms. Yep, I lost internet, and then it was like, oh, shit, because my Zoom froze, but my recording was still going. And then before I could even really do anything about it, the power went out like a minute or two later. Oh, that's And then it was out for like about a good probably hour and a half, just long enough to where it wouldn't be productive to go back and start recording again. And then I didn't actually save any of the like half hour that we had been talking and recording. So we're back at the drawing We didn't really get through that much anyway. No, we scratched the surface. Yeah. Um, I I guess how was your week? Not too bad. Uh, Not very full of activity. Basically, I played a lot of Resident Evil like normal. I started from zero, went all the way up to four. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's my life. Now I'm just a, I live in Resident Evil. Good. Okay, great. Pretty rad. Yeah, I I mentioned to you last night that um, I, probably the highlight of my week was telling a homeowner that um, they're going to shoot a scene in her barn of a cow giving birth to an alien egg. Yeah. And it, and like, is that okay? And actually, she got back to me today and was like, oh, they can't shoot in the interiors of our barn. She actually told me that the inside of her barn is a brewery, like a distillery, mm-hmm. and has like a little bar area and a wood shop. I was like, that sounds fucking awesome. Sounds like a cover for where they hide all the alien cows. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely like, uh, how did you guys find out about this? They're on to us. <laughs> Yeah, so that was exciting. That's, I feel like there's always details about my job that make it sound way more glamorous than it is, but really I'm just like scheduling all day. Yeah, but I mean, it's more exciting because you get to talk about like alien eggs and cows and stuff. That's not your yeah. normal conversation pieces. It's like people's reactions to things are never what I expect them to be. Like I had this one, uh, we have this commercial that's actually filming tomorrow and I had to tell the homeowner that they're going to bring a like this exotic tree frog into her home. And if someone said that to me, I'd be like, that's fantastic news. <laughs> like, That's great. I would not need any more details. But she was like, well, they can't be on their, our furniture. Like, I had to assure her that there was a um, frog wrangler, which that's a career path that some people have. So that was fun. I was going to say something, but I totally lost what I was going to say. It was topical of what you were just saying. Something to do with a frog or... Oh, yeah. I was just going to say how, if I were you, I would ask the lady if I could lick the frog. I I think... Oh, because of the, like, psychedelic Yeah, dude. Get fucked up. I think the... Isn't that like a toad, though? I don't know. It has... It jumps. There is a toad. I think it's a toad. That has psychedelic properties, if you lick it, that they, um, they like, infest some part of Australia. Mm. And it got so bad that, like, some of the locals had to... I think someone there, like, sells, like, frog purses made of their corpses. Like, they have to do something with all of these, this, like, massive infestation of Yeah, don't um, you just, like, frogs. you spook them, and then they excrete the good stuff, and then you just... 
lick the toad and then yeah and there's stories of like dogs that are just tripping balls because they like nice. lick this toad poor guys well what a solid segue yeah uh, oh yeah it actually it is really right, a good segue into this movie right into our movie because this movie is full of hallucinogens it is and disorientation yeah. and mind-altering drug experience so yeah it kind of this movie definitely starts out I would think darker than the rest of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By like, by a large contrast, I think. Like the, yeah, the beginning absolutely. is 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 way different. It's way more like hopeless, and then it flips the script. Literally, actually, there's like a great shot uh, when they're driving into Sweden yes. of the camera fl- like literally flip flipping Upside over. Down. Yeah, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very cool. I mean, this filmmaker is so, he has such beautiful shots. It was like this in Hereditary, too, where you could just pause the movie and just be like, frame this. Like, this is beautiful. Yeah, there's so many great shots in both of those films, really. And and there's so much, like, he really does a great job of filling up a shot, too, when leaving you open to multiple viewings. So, like, your first time you're watching a movie like Hereditary or Midsummer, you're going to pick up on little things and that's kind of the the wow factor of a lot of these movies is at the end you start to put two and two together of things that you may or may not have seen but then on second and third and fourth and fifth viewings you already kind of anticipate those things coming and you can like like you said almost pause it look at it and and pick up on things that you've never even seen before and that yeah, are absolutely. pretty pretty cool because they're <clears throat> they're very intended to be there but you just, oh, yeah. might've, you might have missed it. It might have just went by a little bit too quick. Yeah, I think in both movies, certainly in this one, well, definitely in both of them, that he puts these little Easter eggs in there that he's he's basically like, I just told you the whole movie, like from the get-go. Right from the beginning. Everything that's going to happen. You were saying um, that you could even see, they show like panels of like, everything that happened well yeah the when this movie starts it kind of starts like opening up a fairy book even the music is kind of like whimsical before this movie gets like dark as fuck mm-hmm. it, it hits you with a like a tapestry of this almost a season cycle which is a big theme of this movie alongside breathing like it's one of the big themes of the movie is the the seasons changing and rebirth and all this stuff right and the tapestry it goes by season to season and if you're if you've seen the movie and you study the tapestry, you realize it's just everything that's going to happen in the movie. And I didn't really notice it that much until the second time I saw it, this last time for the review. Um, yeah. The first time, it just kind of, gla- you know, you don't really pay too much attention to some of that stuff in the beginning of a movie, maybe, uh, because the movie doesn't even really start yet. It's just kind of like a a little picture, and then it's over, and then the movie actually begins. Yeah, well, <clears throat> before we get too far down into this, I guess we should do the spoiler-free synopsis. Quick. Ah, yes. So, for the spoiler-free synopsis, this movie has a lot of moving parts, but simply yeah. stated, I would say that it uh, revolves around a girl named Danny who is in quite the rocky relationship, and she undergoes a pretty deep family tragedy, which really breaks her down so she goes with her boyfriend and some of his friends are working on a school project to a midsummer festival in sweden and 
Like most of my short story summaries, the hijinks ensue. Yeah, yeah mayhem ensues yeah. There, thereafter. So yeah, that's the spoiler-free synopsis. If you haven't watched it, pause this podcast, watch the movie, yes. and then come back. Probably tomorrow, because it's like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, it's a super long movie. This movie <laughs> is an absolute unit. Like, yeah, it's it's long. Prepare yourself. Now, <laughs> so when you're watching this movie, though, it does move by a little quicker than... But, yeah, once you get past, like, the first hour, it just starts to cruise, I think. Yeah, I I definitely, I have the lowest attention span of anyone. Mm. And it really does not feel like a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I mean, you, I did pause it an hour in, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, once I got back into it, it, it's great. It's a really great movie. And it hits the ground running. when It, it does. When shit starts to go down. Yeah, it kind of immediately goes down. So it opens up with um, a snowy scene. There's somber music playing, and you hear singing in a foreign language. Um, And you just see kind of several creepy shots um, of just general snowfall. So it's definitely bringing you into the season of the dead of winter. And then that gets broken up in with kind of an alarming sound of a phone ringing. And that's Danny calling her parents' house phone to check in on them. Uh, so she has received this rather ominous email from her sister. And she just kind of wants to check in on her family and make sure that they are okay. Uh, and meanwhile, she calls her boyfriend. So we kind of then get introduced to this other character and his friends. And we find that her boyfriend, Christian... Um, supposedly has wanted to break up with his girlfriend for over a year. His friends are really trying to encourage him to do so. Uh, especially his one friend, Mark, who's particularly bitter. What a douche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, I mean, like, he's really pushing it harder oh, to yeah. the point where it doesn't even seem like it's in his friend's interest. It's more so, like, he just doesn't want his friend to be dating this girl. He likes to get over-involved in, like, one or two people's lives to the point where they are subtly or not so subtly in control and in the driver's seat of what that person's actually doing and aspiring to be in life. Like a total fucking codependent leech leech ball. Yep, exactly. Um, And then meanwhile, like, something I think is really, really cool about this movie is we get a lot of depth into the characters. So we can kind of see like these very, in some ways, relatable and recognizable patterns that we have just as humans. So um, Danny and Christian also have a codependent relationship where I think <clears throat> Christian kind of needs to be needed or needs to feel like obligated to this relationship. Mm. Um, and he is in some ways controlling of her where he's gaslighting her and making her feel like, you know, she's wrong and maybe he's just going to leave, but he's never actually leaving. So it's kind of that like toxic cycle of like, I'm going to leave. And she's like, no, sorry. Yeah. She goes and apologizes to him for him being a bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, like I, I know when we were recording yesterday, I said he's the kind of guy, and I think he does this in the movie while they're like not even fighting. It's just this like kind of passive aggressive. Just he's just such a little bitch. Yeah, 
when he apologizes, he puts a question mark on the end of it. Like, right. so- sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry, I guess. So, okay. So, we'll back up a little bit. <laughs> um, she, essentially, what we find out is that Danny calls Christian and lets him know that her entire family has just died. Um, her sister has committed a murder-suicide situation by taking her life and also taking the life of her parents along with them. So Danny, effectively, is left with no family, which comes up later. But, um, so Danny's in this very traumatic, shocked, desperate situation and calls her boyfriend Christian, and Christian, you know, goes over and, uh, tries to support her in some way. He's kind of like sitting with her at her apartment. And then we just cut to the next scene. And something that I thought was really interesting, I'm sure you noticed this, um, that very next scene where it's now a sunny day and Danny's laying in bed, there's a huge portrait of a bear and a girl with a crown. Yeah, some more juicy foreshadowing for later and before that before that too there's even more like super heavy foreshadowing when they're in the there's the camera shot uh in the parents room uh and you look on like their bed stand there's a picture of danny and then behind it there's like a floral arrangement oh i didn't even notice that like almost just like the crown like the the crown that that appears later um well, that basically, as we'll figure out as we go along, um, some of the people that we meet know a little more about the situation than others. And about which situation? Danny's background? Or well, no, the, 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 the what's, go- what's about to happen when they go to this oh, celebration. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, some people are definitely more in the know. And there's right. rumors that that character had basically orchestrated this whole thing from the get-go all the way to the level of like somehow influencing uh what happened to her family which is just complete bat shit <laughs> yeah wait so they're saying like josh or pele 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 okay yeah because i got the impression there is that scene when danny comes over to the apartment and is talking to pele and he I feel like that's when he kind of puts it together like, oh, shit, actually, this is perfect that she's coming. I don't think he knows ahead of time that she's going to become the May Queen because he gets, like, thrilled for her. I got the impression that in that moment when she's in the apartment and he's talking to her and says, hey, um, I'm actually really excited that you're coming. And also, by the way, I'm really sorry about what happened. Like, he had at that moment put those two things together Because then he later tells her, you know, I lost my parents, too. They burned up in a fire. Yeah. And um, I found a family here. And I think this is going to be really good for you. Yeah, some real cult shit. So, but what's, what's, I mean, I don't know what you think. But the impression that I get is that Pele actually does mean well. Because he's coming from, this is his background. This is where he grew up. This is normal for him. If you are balls deep in a murder cult. Yeah. Then for him, it's normal, I guess. Yeah, it's like for him, that's his culture. Like, that's his background. Yeah, you know? fucking spooky, dude. 
It is, and you can. <laughs> uh, and his brother also brings friends from London. Yeah. So you can tell they are honored to do this because they think dying for the cult is like a huge well, honor. See, and I wonder about that though. Okay. Because when we see the elders later on, mm-hmm. they don't. I don't know if they're like all the way down with it. I think people might be speaking for them kind of a thing like i think it's still like because the only person that talks about it being an act like a you know uh, a good thing is the uh the lady i forget her name she's like the the older lady lady? yeah Yeah. or uh pele they just i don't know i've seen a lot of bullshit artists in my day and they like they tick a lot of boxes like a lot of the people in the cult or whatever this is like I just feel like they're manipulating everybody at all times. And I think they use the younger, smarter people that can go on these pilgrimages and actually like go out into the world and assimilate to like the greater society to bring people in so that they're not all having a bunch of inbred Oracle children all the time. Well, yeah. Well, and, and they probably structure it like that's a huge honor to be someone who brought people into the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, for sure. I got that vibe for sure. Yeah. All right. So, but let's, uh, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. we, unfortunately, we talked about this so much last night that we <laughs> didn't have it on recording, but I was going to mention, um, the whole scene we, Talked about it a little bit, the, like, toxic relationship between Danny and Christian. Um, and they go to a party. And at the party, I mean, Danny's kind of just standing there when she hears all the friends of her boyfriend say, oh, yeah, we're all going to go to Sweden. And she's like, no shit. Like, why didn't I know about this? And then they get back to their apartment and they're talking. And... That's what the boyfriend is like. Well, I just found out today. Like, I I didn't know any of this. And she's like, you already bought a ticket. Like, you, you're you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Um, this entire argument, I thought, was like watching it. I have totally been Danny in mm. my relationships. So it was almost like cringy to watch it because you're like, oh, God, no, don't do the thing that I've done. <laughs> like, you know, you just like see other people in a stage of your life that you've been in and you're like, no. Um, <laughs> but they have this argument. Uh, Danny is completely justified because she's like, no, you didn't just find this out. You already purchased a ticket like you made a decision and you didn't speak to me about it. Yeah, and, and honestly, he, she's like pretty cool about it. She's too cool about it. Like and that's way too cool about it. Like <laughs> Yeah, she's the thing is is his reaction to it, first of all, like you were saying before, he's like saying sorry with an apology. Or like with a question mark. Like it's not a real apology. It's like a I guess I'm yeah, sorry. Sorry you're mad, mad at me, bro. This. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. Like I think you're being kind of nuts. Like he's not saying that, but his inflection is saying that. Um, and she ends up kind of backing down to this and saying, well, no, no, like, I'm not, I'm not mad that you're going. I just wish you would have told me. And his reaction to her is like, you know, maybe I should just leave. And that is this power trip control thing that people do when all they have to do is just be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I should have told you, like... I kind of want to go out with just my friends and I didn't want you to get upset or something. 
But instead, he gaslights her like she's being insane. And her reaction is to say, well, no, I guess I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, she doesn't want him to leave. And it's so heartbreaking. Because you watch it and you want her to be like, you know, I think you should go. Have fun. I need to heal from this relationship and move on. (laughs) Yeah. Like, but, you know, of course, that's that's not what she does. But instead... (laughs) Let's go to a Swedish commune. Yeah, let's do that instead. Essentially, Christian invites Danny, and he's even like a little behind-the-back bitch about this, too, because he invites her, doesn't tell any of his friends until moments before she's about to show up at her friend's apartment. And he tells his friends, well, I invited her, but she's not going to come. And they're all just like, what the fuck? And like, you say stuff like that and you expect your friends and your girlfriend to have a decent relationship when you pull shit like that. There's so much wrong with that character. But it's so bothersome because I was saying this before, like, I have dated this guy several times. Like, I've been in that position where you, you are like, am I crazy? And then you talk to all your friends and they're like, no, he's just a dickhead. (laughs) And you're like, no, he has all these good qualities. But with this character, it starts off really bad. Like, you know, this guy's a dick and, you know, his friends are mostly dicks to varying degrees. And, you know, but uh, then as it goes on, he like continues to be a dick, but in like new creative ways that are like totally (laughs) shitty. Like he has no backbone. It's like he's a selfish little prick. But he has no backbone. Like, he will throw anyone under the bus, which is itself its own kind of insecurity, right? Like, he, well, he, he needs approval from the people around him. Well, yeah, so it's like he, that's probably why he has friends like Mark. Right, it, and like, then, literally. And then he's such a lazy piece of shit that he has friends like Josh so that he can steal off his ideas about thesis papers and stuff. And all he has to do is just act like the victim the whole time and, and you know... You win, I guess. Like, good for you. And also, like, so when he said he wanted to go to this party, he's like, I'll just be there for, like, 45 minutes. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I know. You're you're going to buy that shit? Yeah. And I... I'm trying to remember. Did he try to leave without getting her to wake up when he was going to that party, too? Or did he... He half-ass like steps into the room and he thought right. she was sleeping and he did the thing where a lot of people just be like well i told you i was leaving and you didn't turn around fast enough so i just assumed <laughs> you were sleeping you should just go back yeah. to bed all right bye babe God, what a dickhead <laughs> well basically they find out about the trip and then they all kind of uh reconvene like you were saying he tells his friends last minute like hey danny's coming up uh could you make it look like you guys wanted her there right yeah be nice and then, yeah, so we get there, we get to this situation where this has just happened, and Mark uh, pulls Christian into the other room because he's a little bitch, and so they got to go have it out. And then this is where uh, Pele, now, Pe- now Pele is, uh, his. he lives uh, on the commune in Sweden. He is on, I'm assuming, pilgrimage right now where he can go do, like, uh, schooling other places and kind of you know go do his own thing for a while right and uh he ends up talking to danny while 
her boyfriend's out of the room and Josh doesn't give a fuck about anybody. So he's just kind of sitting there <laughs> yeah. reading or heating up a hot pocket. Yeah. He says um, he's glad that she's coming. And then he mentions to her, you know, I lost my parents too. Uh, and that's when I loved this shot. So we, we talked a little bit earlier about, he said, um, I think that's when he had the light bulb go off to go, oh my God, it's actually, this is going to be great for you, you know? And I think that he meant that sincerely because I think he had lost both of his parents and that was difficult for him. And he found this belonging in this cult that he was raised in. And I think he was like, oh my God, this is going to be great for her. Because I think he genuinely holds a flame for Danny. In his uh, interpretation of things, yeah, I think so. Like coming from his perspective. Yeah. Um, so this shot, I fucking loved. So he he mentions to her like, hey, I, I also lost my parents. And like a lot of people going through grief, especially shortly after, you never know when that's going to just mm. hit you. And she immediately is about to cry, is embarrassed. And she's like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom real quick. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, no, I don't even notice. Like, whatever. <laughs> she tries to, like, blow it off, walks into the bathroom and shuts the door. And once she does, she's actually in the bathroom of the airplane, also having a panic attack. Yeah, that's a great shot. Very cool shot. I love that. And it also shows, again, like, with grief, where it will just hit you randomly. And you're like, I need to walk away for a second. I thought the the depiction of grief was so accurate in mm-hmm. this film and also in Hereditary. I think oh, they yeah. did a really great job of like, it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that I thought was just very cool. Back to what you're saying, though, that shot was awesome. Amazing. That was very a really, cool. really cool shot. Awesome camera work. Very much so. Um, That might have actually been my favorite shot in the whole film. It's up there. I mean, there's a lot of great camera work in the movie. There is. Especially like right right around this part in the movie, actually, because there's like this scene on the airplane with the bathroom. And then shortly thereafter, when they actually arrive, the scene I was talking about earlier with the car, where you see like the topsy-turvy kind of camera just flip around the car. Right before that, when they show, they do a shot outside the airplane window, and then they expand Mm -hmm. it so it's all the sky, and then it's just, like, major turbulence. Oh, yeah, it turns into fucking Lost for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, they're in Sweden. They're on a four-hour drive. They do that cool camera effect of the car being upside down just to be like, shit's about to get fucked up. (laughs) It's a fucking trippy movie. It is a really, like, I think just masterfully done film. Like, all of it is, like, for such a long movie, you're like, I don't know what I would take out. I think it needs it all. Like, it's gorgeous. So then they come to the commune. Uh, That's when we meet Pele's brother. We find out that he brought two people from London. Um, And they pretty much want to immediately trip on mushrooms. Right when they get there. Oh, yeah. They just took them, I think, like the Londoners and the the other guy, Pele's brother. I forgot. It's like Ingmar. Ingvar? I, uh, oh, I wrote it down I got somewhere. it in my notes. Oh, I got it, it in is. my notes It's Ingmar. Somewhere. Okay, Ingmar. Ingmar. So yeah. he, he's the 
he's the cool guy at the party passing out the shrooms. So totally, yeah, up, he's totally to that, that guy. guy, and not selfish at all either. He's like, "Hey, you new Americans here, come get indoctrinated here. Take these, totally, take these mushrooms." Uh, and Danny's initial reaction is like, "You know, I think I want to like get my bearings first before I'm tripping." The only person thinking, yeah, ex- like, yeah. I mean, I love mushrooms. Sure, me but too. I'm not taking them like. Immediately, when I just met these people. Yeah, in a brand new country, four hours from civilization. Like, yeah. well, actually, being out outside and away from civilization, not not too shabby. But give me but like a couple hours to warm up to these people. Let me acclimate. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I want to see what their bathroom looks like. That's very important before <laughs> yes. you before you take the shrooms. You know what the bathroom looks like, and Danny <laughs> Danny's going to know what's up with that in a little bit. Uh, Danny wants to wait at first. She's kind of like, I kind of want to get my bearings and. This is where um, Christian actually does a good boyfriend move. Um, And there is this term. It's called, um, it's uh, intermittent, it's like intermittent reward or something. Mm. It's it's a psych term. And it's, it's why gambling is so addicting. So it's like, if you like, you don't know when you pull that lever, if you're going to win or not, maybe you win. 20% 20% of the time, but it still sometimes happens and you never know when it's going to happen. That's what makes something addicting. So when you have a codependent relationship like Danny and Christian have, occasionally Christian is this white knight for her who is like, you know what? Nope, I'm going to wait. I'm going to take it when you're ready. I don't want Mark to pressure you. You take your time. I'm, I'm here to support you. And you get this flavor of why Danny puts up with his shit. Because occasionally, he's a great guy. Yeah, occasionally the the broken clock's right twice a day kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. And that's addicting. No, it's fine. We're not going to take it. Bullshit. All that means is you're now pressuring her to say, no, it's fine. Let's take it. Which is exactly what happens. I, I mean, I, I really got the impression that he was, oh, but you know what? Now that I think about it, right after that, when he was like, no, no, don't don't let Mark pressure you. Like, if you're not ready, then don't take it yet. And she said something to him like, well, are you are you ready? Like, are you the one who's actually scared here? So maybe he was, again, per his character, just being a selfish prick. Because that's the thing is that, like, they're, they're layered people. Mm. So, like, some movies are, like, this person's clearly the villain, this person's clearly the good guy, can do no wrong, only does wrong. But these are very true-to-life interpersonal relationships and dynamics that I think he does such a masterful job of portraying that it's like, look, these, this is a very real codependent relationship. And then Mark, he's a very, like, a lot of us have had that friend. Mm Mm-hmm who you can tell is trying to convince you to do things because they just don't want you. It's a selfish motive. So it's very, I thought that was very, very cool and relatable in the movie. So yeah, so then they they start tripping, which uh, we (laughs) were going to talk about last night. Mark's reaction to taking mushrooms really kind of fleshes out his character even more it's his likable moment honestly even though it's not likable if you're someone who take who does mushrooms because then you're like oh my god fuck mark 
So then there's yeah. mar- there's marks out there that's like, oh my god, everybody lay down. I need you all to lay down. It's like shit. The well, he's fuck he's up. starting to have a bad trip. And so what I think is so cool about this too is that the filmmaker has obviously done mushrooms. Oh, like, 100%. Several like, times. It's one of those tripping scenes that you're like, it's exactly like this. Well, there's like there's like there's this movie in in uh Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, I think as far as like the more accurate uh tripping, especially when uh in Fear and Loathing when they're looking at like you can see the carpet and it's like breathing yep. and moving. It's very similar totally. to this where like yeah, a lot absolutely. of the the trees will move and things just kind of And even like the words that Pelly is saying where he's like look at it, it's all breathing like we're all part yeah. of I'm like that's yeah. <laughs> again again with the breathing too it's a, mm-hmm. it's always about breathing. Yeah, and the way the everything is like flowing is very mm. realistic, but I thought Mark's reaction, like my feeling is when you are doing mushrooms, your true authentic self is coming out. Mm. Period. Like, and if you're comfortable with that, you're probably going to have a great trip. Like, and it's great. That's why I'm undefeated. <laughs> exactly me. I love mushrooms. I've never had a bad trip. I've been around a bunch of people that have bad trips and I don't what it, when I'm in my mind at that time I cannot understand how that's happening to them. I've only had one trip with someone who and I've had several trips with people that are having a bad trip. Mm. But I've only had one where it started to affect my mind for a second and I had to like remove myself for a little bit. Um and it sucked cuz they were like really really good mushrooms and I told <laughs> him ahead of time that I was like I want to do this with someone who is an experienced tripper because mm. these are really, really good. And I don't want to waste this experience. Uh, and we had a good trip. It was fine. It was just he had a moment where he was really not doing well. Mm. And he didn't want to leave this like tiny room. And I always want to be outside when I'm tripping. Mm. But then he also didn't want me to leave. And it was a very and then he was like hitting on me. It was a very weird Conflict. position to be in conflict yeah so that's the only time but other than that um i've always had great experiences with mushrooms so i feel like mark's reaction though is first of all very characteristic of someone starting to have a bad trip oh yeah and he kind of starts being like i'm not, i'm not doing okay and Pele's like yes you are you're okay it's okay he this gets a little it. gets a little good. vulnerable He does, and then his reaction is, I need to lay down, and I need everyone else to do what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Which is totally his personality. Oh, yeah. He's not tripping. 100% his personal projection. Projection, exactly. Which is, again, I feel like Ari Aster is such a master at, like, observing other people and, and relationships and how they work and how people are. And he does a great job of portraying that in his films. So then Danny is having a good trip. She's vibing until Mark makes a comment. And his comment is, I feel like you guys are my family. And she hears the word family and she immediately gets triggered. Mm-hmm. And she did you notice that that's what caused it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It kind of cuts through like the haze of her trip and it's just almost like a torpedo it just like hits her boom yeah and she gets up 
And she, uh, when I first saw this movie, this part was the scariest part in the movie for me because it was so relatable where she's saying in her head, like, no, don't think that. Don't think that. Like, it's almost your birthday. Like, just have right. a good trip. Yeah. Like, she's really trying to talk herself down. And that part I felt was just so relatable, like, especially when you're tripping. In the camera work, though, it puts you in her position, though, like we were saying, like, like if you've ever tripped, like, this is close. Exactly. Like, there's moments where I'm watching yeah. the movie and I'm wondering if I'm having, like, a fit. <laughs> well, like, yeah, she looks in the mirror, which is, like, that rookie mistake you never want to do. See, I fucking love looking in the mirror. Really? Yeah, because one I mean, time... I... I loved like looking at my hands and then you can kind of see like your veins and then they kind of go away and they're back. Like little roads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I like looking in the mirror because the first time I ever did it is uh, it was my birthday and a mutual of ours gave, gave me some for my birthday and I took them and I went home and I was just chilling by myself. And once they kicked in, I had to go to the bathroom and I go in and I do, I do my business. I look in the mirror and I am like, my stomach is uh, moving in and out and going into like six packs and like getting oh. really fat, getting really skinny. And then my face is like all melty. And I was like, this is what's up. But see, it doesn't affect me. Like, yeah, it doesn't terrify I, me. I think it's so like cool because I, but I, I also have dreams that way too, where I'm very like not necessarily in control, but I'm very aware that it's a dream and that it's not real. And so yeah. I can enjoy it even when it's like fucked up. Yeah, that's that's actually how I am too. I like I love nightmares, but I um I've done the same thing. Like I've looked at myself in the mirror and been like, you're not supposed to do this, but it doesn't <laughs> bother me because I know like I expect that's gonna happen. The one thing I can't look at when I'm tripping is my phone. I remember one time I was tripping on mushrooms and my dad texted me, and I was looking at it and it's like looking like it was all underwater, and I was just like. This is not something I can handle right yeah, now. That, that shit like, gets intense. Yeah, you can't look at technology, I feel like. When you need to be like outside and with people that you like and trust. But anyway, so yeah, so uh so Danny, she walks into the bathroom and when she turns on the light, someone was behind her. Her sister. Oh, is that who it was supposed to be? It's fucking creepy. Now, like, if I was on shrooms and that happened, I would react the yeah. same way she did. <laughs> yeah. So she just, her reaction is to just take the fuck off and run through the woods until she passes out. Yeah. And that's also terrifying because it amps up the visuals when she, like, starts running through that forest and you see, like, all the trees yeah. overhead. It's just super intense. To the point yeah. of, yeah, she basically passes out and <laughs> wakes up and it's like, is it tomorrow? And they're all like, duh, <laughs> basically. Well, yeah, but then like she's like, hours. did it get dark out? Like they were all actually, I loved that um, in that part too. She says, is it tomorrow? And someone's reaction is, well, from yesterday's perspective, yeah. which is such a tripping thing to say. Like, even though they're probably coming down. Dude, that's how I like count time. There's no tomorrow if I'm still awake. It's still today. So even if I'm up for like okay. if I'm up for like three days, it's like a one day. It's, one it's day. kinda like if you ever seen Saving Silverman where Jack Black's explaining the nachos and it's all like one nacho connected, then it just counts as one nacho. It's kinda like oh, the same deal. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, yeah. we all have our own perspectives on time. They decide at this point 
apparently this was just like the intro to the commune. Like they're not even fully there yet. Yeah. So it's like pre-gaming. They're pre yeah, literally. So Pele brings them uh to the actual commune. They're all like playing wood flutes. And Mark has this funny comment that he says, Oh, so we're stopping in Waco before going to Pele's village. He what he's such an asshole, but he says things that are just comic relief. He's also kind of the comic relief of the movie. So then when they get there, kind of interesting, Father Odd, who I don't feel like they actually said his name. It's just the subtitles that had his name in it. Yeah, I was a little fishy on the subtitle, too, because sometimes, you know, subtitles aren't always accurate, even when they're like the ones that come with the movie. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. I hate so that. I was like, is it odd? Yeah, I was like, that's a weird name for him. But um, he makes a comment where he says, welcome, individually to everyone. And then when he sees Danny, he says, welcome home. Yeah, he hugs her. Yeah. So we find out, okay, it's been 90 days since the last Midsommar Fest. Or 90 years. Um, oh, yeah, nine, 90 years. I wrote days. I don't know why I did. It's 90 <laughs> years. Um, And then we see this deformed girl, like, finger painting. Yeah, like struggling to breathe too. It's a it's an inbreeding thing, right? Like it's like a pug, it right? Because yeah. like they do that it's... with pugs too, right? Like their faces. <laughs> oh, I love pugs. Though. Me too, but I feel bad for them because they can't breathe. Oh no, they can't, and sometimes their eyes pop out. Oh, poor guys. Yeah, I used to want a um, Boston Terrier. My ex and I really wanted a Boston Terrier, and we were like looking up issues with with those breeds. There was like a lot of issues with them. Like, yeah, their eyes pop out. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's sad. Um, but yeah, so that girl, you know who she looked like to me? She looked like that, um, classic episode of the Twilight Zone, the beauties in the eye of the beholder. Do you remember that one? No. Where, did you watch the Twilight Zone growing up? As a kid, yes. But it didn't, it wasn't like. Oh, I was like, ub. It was always really passive. Like it was always just kind of on and I would watch it and I Yeah, they would have like specials on sci-fi where it would just be on like all the time. I also had a huge crush on Rod Serling, so that probably helped. But um, but no, so there's this episode uh, called Beauties in the Eye of the Beholder, and this girl is, like, bandaged. Like, you can only see her eyes through most of the episode, and all the doctors are like, oh, like, she was so hideous, but, um, you know, like, we're going to do our best to, like, make her look better. And then it turns out that she looks normal in our standards, but all everyone else looks like they have they look like that inbred kid in sure yeah, what, yeah what's the name ruben i think they said the kid's name is, <laughs> i think i've no joke i think the kid's i shouldn't name laugh ruben. but like like the sandwich <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean the lip is like really intensely prominent um but that's that's if you google that the beauty's in the eye of the beholder you'll be like oh yeah it's totally see what you mean oh christian forgets Danny's birthday. Like a real true, true and honest great boyfriend would. Dickhead. Um, and then again, another heartbreaking line. Danny says, Oh, well, I, I just forgot to remind him. <laughs> She's like, No. It's yeah. It's greasy. I, like, and I hate I hate to admit that like I totally have been that girl. That's just not this is why I just prefer to be single <laughs> to deal with oh, for manipulative sure. bullshit anymore. I, I pretty much remember people's birthday if it's like on Facebook, but I remember my significant other. Oh, for sure. But it's also just one of those things where it's like, yeah, of course you should remember. But this guy also such a twerp. There's there's a thing too I want to mention about um, 
just relationships in general and also uh, just being a girl in these types of relationships mm. too, there is this thing called like being the cool girl or like trying to be the cool girl. And there's um, this one part where they, uh, the couple from London, it's like actually right at this, po- at this part, they said to Christian and Danny, they're like, well, how long have you guys been together? Yeah, it's brutal. Danny's initial reaction is like, oh, I, I don't know, like about... Like, I'm not sure. Like, she acts like she doesn't know. And his reaction is, like, a little over three and a half years. And she immediately says, four years next week. That's such a tiny part of dialogue. But watching it, you can see, like, she's she's really kind of trying to play it off like it doesn't matter. And then it really matters to her when he doesn't know. Like, he doesn't even fucking know. I think it's also one of those things where she she knows she's about to be confronted with the answer that she doesn't want to hear by just having that question asked she knows he doesn't fucking know right and 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 for him the relationship ended for him six months ago totally that's a good point yeah so so uh dickhead forgets her birthday and pele draws her a portrait swoops in i love i love that guy i'm sorry do you hate that character don't trust him because even if he means well this shit I don't trust because I know he knows she's emotionally vulnerable. That's true. And he knows he's just swooping in and he's like, you know, trying to be relatable. And and I know it's like a lot of it is like the cult aspect of the thing, whether he realizes he's doing it or not. But there is something to be said about guys that just immediately swoop in on girls that are going through traumatic shit. And they're just like... I can be your white knight. What's up? I can check me out. I can draw your other boyfriend. Doesn't even remember your birthday. And it's one thing now that you say that, like, it's one thing for him to, he kind of like sneakily, he even makes a comment later where he's like, you know, Kristen's a good friend of mine, but does he make you feel held? Like, do you feel like you're held by this guy? But he's not saying straight up to Christian, like you're being a dick to your girlfriend. Like he's not standing up for her. He even reminds him that it's her birthday. He does? Yeah, when they're on the barn house. They kind of don't really... You've really got to be listening because they're kind of... They show Danny go and look at the May Queen pictures, right? And then in in the distance... uh, or Actually, I think it's kind of out of perspective, but you can see them kind of close up to the camera. They're whispering to each other. Oh, and that's when he brings the cake. He lets him know, yeah. And and then Christian's like, did she tell you? And he's like, no, no, just... So it kind of lets him know. And then that's when Danny asks about the, the May Queen the May Queen pictures and kind of interrupts that situation. And then that's where Christian goes and pretends to be a good boyfriend man and gives her some fucking cornbread or bread or whatever it is. He makes that comment. He's like, you didn't think I forgot, did you? And she's totally like, yes, you did. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it. It, it never got dark. So I, it's the nacho thing. <laughs> God, I hate that. shit. It's like, there's just an excuse for everything. That's in the book. how it is with him. Everything has an excuse. So now now we've kind of, again, established these new, like, character relationships. So Pele to Danny, but Danny still is kind of hope, holding out hope for Christian to not be such a dickhead. Christian's just, like, trying to get laid right. <laughs> by well, and, someone in the commune. Well, and they are stuck there for, like, the next, like, what, two weeks? Or nine, Some, nine, like, nine days. The, I think it's nine days for the festival. Okay. Uh, but, that, it's, it's a, but it's a long period of time, so, like, they have to coexist with each other yeah. so i mean might as well try to make yeah, it work try to make the best so of it. um it, around this time too is uh when they show there's this like almost like comic strip printed on this cloth and uh 
one of the guys from the commune says, oh, that's a love story. And it's basically this girl cuts some of her pubic hair off and, like, feeds it to a guy and then menstruates into a cup and gives that to this guy. And he falls in love with her, becomes hypnotized and falls in love with her. Ah, yes. Love rituals. <laughs> the the love story. Yeah, gross. <laughs> really gross. And this is also where Pele tells a story of the seasons for their life that they have in this commune that they're like, well, we have our life seasons. Yeah, he kind of explains how everything works there from almost kind of setting people up for what's about to happen without actually knocking all the pins down. But yeah, uh, yeah just lets him know kind of what the roles are and what ages and how they're basically how their life cycle is. Yeah, until you hit 72. Yep, and and then, then Danny's like, yeah, what happens at 72? And he like imitates dying and she giggles, but he's like dead serious. Yeah, and he's, I mean, honest, I guess. And again, like we're coming from the perspective that this is what he believes and what mm. he was raised in, you know? Sure. So it, it's like if someone had never heard of Christianity and then someone tells them like well yeah we believe that this there's a man in the sky and he he judges you if you sin and you're like well what happens if you sin like well you go to hell and you'd like kind of giggle but then you're like no seriously that's yeah that's <laughs> that's what we think I do wonder how much like the rest of the commune knows about their process of like how they come to the conclusions that they come to where basically like that's wording a little bit, but I don't think it really matters. The whole premise of um, a lot of these rituals and stuff is based on inbred children finger painting into a book that is then interpreted by the elders of this right. uh, in the scripture. So obviously, complete bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they're kind of a, making it up to as a they comical go. degree. Pretty much like other religions. Right, right. But even like so much more on the nose with the finger painting and stuff. Like when yeah. you look at it, they show like the runic, like how they're all, what all their different runes mean. And then the next page, it's like literally like all the primary colors just smashed together. <laughs> yeah, just like a mud smear. Yeah. And so I wonder, I do wonder though, like since that is kind of the elders, it seems like the information kind of trickles down to a point. I do wonder mm -hmm. how much people understand that that is how that works. I wonder that, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Because he kind of says it almost in confidence to Josh. It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I was just thinking, uh, let's see. I, I, oh, no, this isn't jumping too much. Can we talk about the, the ritual with the two elders dying? Yeah, well, we're we're basically, like, pretty close, right? I think we're pretty much there. Yeah, we're basically there. So let's do it. Um. So, yeah. So this that uh, ritual begins. And Josh fully knows that these are the guys that are going to die. And I think, again, if this wasn't the first time I've seen this, because I actually have seen this before, um, since it was the second time I've seen it, I picked up on him saying, like, oh, are those the ones to Pele? Because he knows what's happening. He's passionate about this research project that he's doing. To a fault. So he's done his homework. Yeah. To a fault, probably. Um, but also it's like, that's why he's there. Right, like, yeah, he's, he's totally the only like, person that has any business being there, really. Yeah, and he takes 
it seriously it's his future i I don't know i can't really fault him for it i'm like well no no he's just i think just like socially cold but he's an academic and they're all like that (laughs) like i don't think he's emotionally triggered by the things that happen because he's coming from a purely anthropological standpoint of this is someone else's culture this is what they do i'm just here to study it i'm not here to judge it so I, I can appreciate that. Something like that, though, this ritual that is an actual, like, ancient ritual that I think I think it being such an old school thing that as an anthropologist, you'd probably be like, holy shit, like, is this legit? Like, is this going to be legit? Or is this like some like... Yeah, is this a symbolism thing? Or, oh, no, they really jump off the cliff. Is okay. this like a new school <laughs> one or like an old school and it, one? It's not like he's completely like so sociopathically unaffected because there is no. that part where he you can see he's like, oh, shit. Like, it, it's affecting him. But I think he's also having like respect for the culture. Well, yeah, because you can see the contrast between the people that are just grabbed from London versus... The people, the Losing anthropologists, their fucking minds. they kind of handle it a little better. Totally. Honestly, I thought that the Londoners, especially that guy, was like losing his fucking mind. I thought his reaction was really disrespectful because this was clearly a really important ritual for their culture. And these people, it's not like these are strangers to them. These are people that they live with. That they know very, very well. Like, just leave. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you don't have to say anything. Like, yeah, just, you don't like, have to be screaming and like ruining their ritual. Like, it's t- it's horrible. Well, yeah, because they're gonna hit you with some Viking blood eagle shit later, dude. Like, <laughs> he learns his lesson. Okay, so this ritual, basically, what it entails is every time with these these cycles, like we were saying before, once they get to seventy two, um, they do this every year at the Mave festival whatever it's called uh during midsummer celebration uh the people who are 72 the elders they go through this ritual where they're basically on top of a big old cliff and they either jump off to their death or thrown off to their death well okay so we see a lady an older lady and an older gentleman the older lady knows her shit and she jumps off pretty much parallel to the ground uh, uh, well, on that like stone yeah, she landing, knows, she knows board. what's up. She didn't feel yeah. a thing. Homeboy, <laughs> yeah, though, oh my god, oh my he god. does the freaking dive diver special onto his feet. This is also what leads me to believe is that maybe he didn't want, like maybe he, he was that he was at odds with it because who in the right mind, like if that's what you're going to do and that's what you want to do, why on earth would you jump off? to snap both your legs and then i don't have think he s- meant to do that oh my god but like oh he totally did he like jumped oh it's just so well, painful you think he did you think he did that on purpose well i mean otherwise wouldn't you just jump like face first so that it like your yeah odds he of, probably like, i i guess i didn't notice how he jumped as much. oh yeah he jumped like feet first like he basically just jumped like 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 wildy coyote. I mean, he's never jumped to his death before. Well, they should have thrown so, him. They should have thrown him then. They should throw Grandpa off the cliff. And he's also old as shit. Right? Maybe he forgot how to jump because he's, he's weak. so old. Yeah. I mean, they only eat like hippie shit. I don't know. That's a weak dude. But uh, he. Sh- I'm all I'm saying is he should have saw the guy down there with the comically large mallet. They clearly had. It's like this isn't the first time this has happened. 
Like, they have, like, their, like, plan B, like, well, get the mallet. <laughs> like, and then they had, like, a whole ritual with that, too. Remember? There were, like, four people that had to, like, smash yeah. his face yeah. in. It was just a little bit <laughs> redundant after, like, the second or third smash. But I think it was, like, it became, like, a ritual thing. Like, maybe, like, the five elders or something had to, who knows? 100%, though, because everything in this movie is ritualistic. It's, like, exactly. a, a lot of it, I think, has to do with conformity and ritualism and, like, from from when they when they feast at the dinner table and the elders pick up the spoons and their forks and everything and then everyone yeah. else literally follows them to me yeah. that shows ritual and not only ritual but a, an ability to conform to whoever is telling you it's time to eat yeah this is and that's how they live it works for them and i love like watching documentaries on cults i'm so fascinated by cults oh yeah but um i mean they're fucked up but they're also like you're like, I could kind of get it. Like, I've been lost most of my life. I could see myself sure. being like, sure, yeah. I, I can conform. But I that's the problem is that I can't conform. <laughs> I'm always like, no, fuck this. I'm going to do my own thing. Too much work, <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. It's way it, too much work. Well, it's a ton of obedience, which is exactly what our culture is, too. We're all, like, trying to, like, make money to pay our bills and yep. be, like, our boss's favorite so that we can get a raise. Like, we're all fucking in a cult. Like in Christian remarks, similarly to that too, when they talk about the atestupa, I don't want to butcher that word, but I think it's close to what it is. Atestupa, atestupa, the ritual when the when the jumping ritual with the old with the elders. Oh, Um, oh. When when Danny says like, "What are you not like offended or like are you not disgusted by what happened?" and he's like, "You know, like I'm trying to keep an open mind because this is like, you know, this is their culture. This is you know where we're at right now. Like this is." This is their thing. They probably think the way we live is weird. He, yeah, because he he parallels it to nursing homes, and he's like, yeah, well, well, we just exactly. take our old people and kick them off in a nursing home. Like, what's that? Which different? is fucked up. And poor Danny is like triggered as hell. Like she's just like, well, yeah, she can't escape this shit. Like no matter where no. she goes, it's like, and and also like this is the other thing where I think like Pele has to have some level of awareness that this is gonna fuck with. Her. I think he apologized to her. I think he did say something like, oh, shit, I should have. It's like, dude, you saw how she reacted when you said, literally, I'm sorry that your family's dead. And <laughs> yeah. now you're going to, like, watch him throw grandma and grandpa off the top of this, <laughs> you know, giant. Suicide? Like, st- yeah. Which is, like, already going to be triggering. Yeah. It's no like, shit. dude, come on. Uh, or the elders being killed, basically. Like, yeah. it's similar parallel. There was also a part when the Londoners are flipping out Mm. and that one chief lady is trying to be like, hey, listen, I get it. I'm sorry this is upsetting to you, but it is a great honor to them. And in our culture, we believe that life is a gift and we want to give our life before it spoils. Mm. That's how we think of it. It's a season. We believe that our life will spoil after this point. So it is an honor to give our lives back to whatever, the universe or whatever they believe. That's their fucking belief. So shut up. (laughs) Walk away if you need a minute, but don't ruin this ceremony because you're from a different culture that doesn't understand this. That's fucked up, in my opinion. Stay asleep like Mark. Oh, yeah. And then Mark's, like, pissed later. Oh, but I was going to say, that elder lady, when she's like, what the fuck? I guess I'll talk to these guys. She says to, um, what's his name? Pele's brother, Ingramar, or whatever his name is. um, She says to him, did you not 
prepare them for this? Like, you should have prepared mm-hmm. them for what this... Like, she's kind of pissed that he didn't give them a heads up. And that reminded me... I, I'm from this huge Irish Catholic family. And uh, we... Every, like, three to five years, we'll have, like, a big family reunion. And something we've always done... I, my mom's youngest of nine kids. I have, like, 50 cousins. Like, oh. we're everywhere. Yeah. Um, what we've always done is when someone has a new significant other, they get hazed. It's like at a dinner, it's usually just once, but they get hazed. (laughs) Like, it's something that we do. And I was hazed, too. Like, when I came of age, like, everyone gets hazed. And they've done it since my mom's siblings would bring significant others to, like, dinner. So this is like a weird family tradition that we have. My mom and sister like hate it. I think it's fucking hilarious. So one year we all went to Mexico and my sister brought her boyfriend at the time and I brought my boyfriend at the time, Andrew. And Andrew, I gave him a huge heads up. I was like, they are going to, they'll be like mean. But as long as you can like laugh at yourself and like, it's pretty funny. Like, it's just self-deprecating. It's like, it's not, I mean, it's mean, but it's funny. Like, it's not like they're trying to, like, be in your face, but they're, they're, they'll break you down. They're not like, I'm gonna and fucking so, kill you later. No. When you they, go to the bathroom. Yeah, nothing like that. But, um, so one year, Jesse and I both had a significant other. Andrew got hazed. He handled it like a champ. I was very proud. Mason, Jesse's boyfriend at the time, did not handle it very well. Um, and like one of the jokes that my cousins were making was that we're going to um, put Andrew and Mason on the beach and make them fight. Nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I remember that night, uh, like me and Andrew were like, I don't know, smoking a cigarette on the porch or something. And Mason came over and was like, are they really going to make us fight? And I was like, I don't. Maybe so. to the death. <laughs> like I don't know, but probably not. And like honestly, Andrew is pretty sinewy. Like you'll be fine. Like <laughs> I think you like do rock climbing in Colorado. Andrew just plays video games all day. Like you're you'll be fine. And Andrew's like, yeah, I don't care. Kick my ass. Like he's totally like going along with it. Fuck me up, dude. My cousin came up to me at one point and was like didn't Jesse like warn Mason? Did she like give him a heads up? And I was like, I don't know. I guess not. But that part in that movie just completely reminded me of that. Didn't you just tell him like this was going to (laughs) happen? But it's, it's like this thing in my family that I didn't even realize till I got older that everyone's family didn't (laughs) didn't do that. (laughs) Like brutally haze the new people. I love it. Hey, it's fun. I think it's hilarious. That sounds fun. <laughs> but, yeah. So, anyway. Little personal anecdote that that reminded me of. Well, so Danny kind of has a little breakdown. And then we the everything kind of moves to the sleeping barn type area. Where we uh, see Christian and Josh, who's already, like, hard at work on his uh, thesis. Trying to probably jot down everything that they just saw at the ritual. While it's fresh, fresh in his mind. And then Christian drops the bomb on Josh that he's going to basically steal his idea in a roundabout way of writing his thesis on the uh, on the Harga, which is the commune itself, I believe. 
And again, he tries to frame it like he's still being the good guy. He's like, I just wanted to make sure I told you first. Right. Yeah. Oh, just such a slime ball. And he's like, well, you he's were going to do it. You were going to do it on Midsummer, And now I'm like, I want to do it on the Hogger or Harga. Sorry. And then yeah. he's just like, dude, no, you're, you're, I see, I see through you. I see through you, Christian. Yeah. He's a total twerp. Well, then uh, after that, Danny tries to leave. Well, Connie wants to leave. Yeah, I think pretty much oh, yeah. everyone, so wait, right. everyone Danny... but the anthropologists are kind of checking out. Like, they are not cool with what just happened. Yeah. Connie is the girl from uh, London. From London. From London. From foggy London town. And Connie is like, well, yeah, my boyfriend and I are... She says bye to Danny. She's like, hey, just yeah, let you know, yeah. like, we're leaving. Um, and then, and Danny's like, oh, you are? I mean, I feel like, again, relating to Danny, I'd be like, oh, shit, the other girl's leaving? Like, don't leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, then we find out that Connie's boyfriend has been, quote, unquote, taken to the train station without her. Yeah, because they're, like, some some bullshit, long-winded excuse of, like, they could only yeah. fit two people in a truck and there's... Well, we follow all the traffic laws. And... Yeah, it takes so long to get somewhere. It's like, okay, sure, pal. That's when you start to realize, like, this is a... This is... Well, I don't know. Again, maybe this is part of their culture or whatever. Everything's sensitive. But at the same time, this is a fucked up, lying group of people. Yeah, there's definitely more to it than what meets the eye. Like, there's yep. the surface level we're accepting of their culture and stuff, but then there's, like, a level where it's like, well, now they're just literally picking people off the streets, basically, and bringing them here for their <laughs> for a sacrifice. If, the, if they really, truly believed that this is, like, an honor, they would have said, oh, this is an honor. We killed mm. him. <laughs> like, they wouldn't be hiding it. So that's when you realize, okay, this is like a devious situation. Yeah, something's not all the meets the eye here. Yeah. Oh, Danny comes up to Christian is like, he just left. Connie's boyfriend just like left without him. Can you believe that? And Christian's like, no way. And then he just completely in front of Danny asks this other guy, like, is there an issue with like incest here? Or like, yeah. is it okay? Like... Do you ever need to solve that? Like, basically is trying to get an in to see if he can fuck this chick. Yeah, who already flirted with him a little bit earlier by kicking him. And then he straight up got up and ignored Danny and just got up and left and did their On little dance and birthday. shit. day. Yeah. The worst. And, and not only that, like, we don't really know how old this girl is. Right, yeah. She looks like she's, like, 16. We do, but only by this, like, backwoods cult explanation of age and, like... Yeah. Yeah, how they don't even have like the sun go down. Like, how yeah. do they even know? Yeah, so you don't really fucking know how old she is, and so Christian yeah. again is just because yeah, it's very so apparent. It's very apparent that he's like thinking, like he has he has this passing interest in this girl that keeps staring at him. They all kind of do it too, because then there's that other girl that does it with Mark, which is like that's the biggest tell in the movie that something fucked up is going on because a girl actually not only looks at Mark, but kind of like makes eyes to him right after she just tells everyone that the kids are watching Austin Powers and that if they want to go watch it, they can go watch it. That was such a weird part too, to mention Austin Powers. Fucking hilarious though. Cause it, it kind of goes, it goes with like the fertility kind of thing. Cause those movies are just about his dick and his mojo. Oh, and like the flower child, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 
uh, Josh is learning about the um, inbred kids are purposefully inbred so that they can be oracles. Mm. And uh, the guy says, oh, well, they're unclouded by normal cognition. So it makes them open to the source. But then all they do is just like fucking <laughs> like, yeah. like there's it's hard to even it's not even like a Rorschach where you can be like, oh, I can kind of see a horse or something like, no, it's just like, yeah, no, there, there's a bunch of articulate text underneath it and then literal blobs of colors that are smeared <laughs> on a page. Yeah, exactly. They sit down for dinner and Christian's juice mm. looks like grapefruit juice and mm. everyone else's looks like orange juice. Like there's. There's some menstrual blood. I do sure. love grapefruit juice, but I Me mean, <laughs> if you're sitting at a table and you look to your left and you look to your right. No shit. And not only that, not only that, he had already taken a like a bite out of this meat tart Whoa. or whatever they say. And it had a little red pube. So not only, okay, not a black pube, not a blonde pube, a red pube. <laughs> now, everyone yeah. on this commune is freaking blonde, dude. Yeah. Like almost everybody. So you know who it is. <laughs> you don't notice that your drink's a little off color from everyone else's. Yeah, that was like obvious. You eat the pube and then you and drink the drink. he saw, I think he was standing there when he saw the tapestry. Like, doesn't he know? Um, I We forgot to mention one part, though, that was really funny. Or not funny, like horrible, but funny, too. <laughs> where Mark pees on the ancestral tree. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, they burn the elders. And yeah. I, I did write down in my notes that when they're burning them, they put them over the flame. That their faces kind of look like old uh, Detroit-style pizza that, like, <laughs> got smushed up. Oh, my God. I love Detroit-style See? Pizza. See? It made me a little hungry for Jets or something like that. <laughs> Oh my um, god. So they burn Jet. up the burn up grandma. Wait, I'm sorry. Just a quick interlude to that. Someone told me, I saw on someone's Instagram story, this is someone in Portland, that they got vegan Detroit style pizza. And I was like, you know, the thing that makes it Detroit style to me is that it's square, but it's also got that like burnt cheese on the edges. Yeah. And I just feel like this is not okay. Like that's not Detroit style pizza. That's just a square pizza. See, that's the thing is we take a lot of things that already exist in space and time and then we put the word vegan on front of them and turn them into the most <laughs> oxymoronic fucking things. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was upsetting, but Jets, oh, I miss Jets. Actually, there's a place in Metro Detroit called Primos. Mm. That has the best Detroit-style pizza. But anyway, sorry. Back to the gore. <laughs> Back to the movie. Yeah, so they, they burn up the elders. And uh, then they, they're shaking through. So back to where we were before. So after they've been burned, they're pulling out all the ashes. You see the people working on it. Like, they're pulling out the ashes. They're walking it over to this big-ass tree. They're yeah. shoveling the ashes on there. And Mark, as the biggest uncultured swine, probably, of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. just thinks He just walks up and starts pissing on something. <laughs> Regardless if it's a tree, it's like, bro, walk a little further into the woods, please. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of, like, also just exposing yourself to everyone. But, yeah. So then uh, the guys, this one guy freaks out, says he doesn't want his disgusting dick. Pissing on his relatives and ancestors, which I don't blame Rightfully him. Rightfully so, sure. But also, find a new tree after a while. <laughs> 
Well, then, so later on, uh, they're sitting at this table and much, uh, I feel like there's like a theme in this movie that there's always kind of layers happening of like different scenarios kind of happening at once. So at, on one side, you're really focused on, there's obviously menstrual blood in Christian's drink. Then at the same time, uh, Josh is pissed at Christian for taking his thesis idea and he kind of rubs it in Christian's face and says, Hey, did you ask about this book? And Christian's like, Oh, now you want to collaborate? So that is happening. Meanwhile, Mark is being stared down by one of the elders and oh, yeah. he says to his friends, he's like, dude, is that guy going to kill me? And lastly, Danny says to Christian, you know, I think I could see you leaving me like Connie's boyfriend did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she in ha- one breath, we have all these different like levels of dynamics happening. It's very kind of interesting. Well, cause she, yeah. Cause I forgot. Cause she had a nightmare the night before. Oh yeah. Where she saw all the guys that brought her there or were with her all leave without her. Right. And abandon her and take off. And you see Mark's, stupid little face in the back of that car window like looking back at her (laughs) yeah uh that and then she also sees her sister in the scene of the where the elders jumped so you're seeing clearly she's triggered yeah all these moments are kind of smashing together and the trauma the trauma like they do in dreams there's a pube for sure christian eats the pube or it takes it out of his mouth i guess drinks from the cup uh, oh, and I noticed in this film, too, that there were also a lot of symmetrical shots similar to in The Lighthouse. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, that's kind of like the Wes Anderson thing we were talking about yesterday, where you were like, this is like yeah. kind of Wes Anderson-y. I could see that, where it's like, yeah, the, some yeah. of those shots. Yesterday, I said that um, I, I feel like Ari Aster is like the Wes Anderson of horror, mm. but I feel like that would be something that he would probably be offended by. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's such a cliche I guess director now, but I love Wes Anderson, so whatever. <laughs> well, did you did you notice too, like when Christian and Danny are kind of spatting back and forth about whether or not he would leave? Um, we the totally lo- would. Do the that. looks on Pele's face. No, this I guess I wasn't really looking Ge- at him. Geppetto motherfucker with <laughs> with the strings, <laughs> Puppet Master Five Thousand. There are times in this movie when they are talking to each other, and he is just kind of off shot a little bit, and you can see like he smirks or he alludes huh. to the fact that this is all kind of it's going the way he wants it to a little bit, or or maybe at yeah. least he knows he has a shot because he might legitimately totally. just you know be head over heels for this chick that he just met, and I like, think he is legitimately trying to get with her and so he's you know at the expense of this other douchebag that was my take my take was that he genuinely has feelings for danny but then um you also have to take into account like he knew these people are going to be murdered yeah it seems like everyone knew about that and yeah he's playing friends with them he's like fucking john wayne gacy or something you know he probably didn't realize that danny was gonna live because i think that um he, in my impression, I don't know, I, it, but it seemed like he was really surprised when she became the May Queen. Like, she basically won. Right. She was the last person standing. That wasn't planned. Right. I, so. I don't know. Cause it, the, it, it I, really did seem like it happened naturally. I wonder, though, about what, what all entails with their their quote-unquote pilgrimage. Now, it seems like 
for a lot of people, it's to bring people back to bring new blood, quote unquote, to the the commune. But yeah, usually, like, usually one person has to get fucked. Yeah, <laughs> and usually <laughs> with a commune though, or not a commune, sorry, like a pilgrimage, it's to like prove yourself to your superiors or like prove yourself to your tribe or group or whatever you want to or call to it. decide what's the one that uh is it uh amish people that they they can choose to like leave or come back and so i kind of got the vibe that maybe he did when he met danny he realized that maybe if she did come along which she was going to at that point like because they already were at the apartment and talking over like oh you're coming great uh yeah yeah. To the point where he knew everyone else was kind of accounted for and going to die. And that if maybe if she did get chosen to be the May Queen, that it would make him look better and maybe make him be more in, looked at in a more of an approval than, say, uh, his friend, uh, Ing- that guy. Ingmar, uh, his brother. That's who, his bro- oh. well, maybe he, al- his he also had a cold, sister. That he met, or oh, that, right. that he, that he, uh, yeah. What did he say? They had a sister that was born on the same day. Yeah, it was like his twin sister. I thought because they're not what sisters, because they're like commu- oh, they're they're they st- like... they're stolen children. Like they're yeah. not not necessarily stolen children, but they could could be people from you know outsiders, or they could be people whose parents were sacrificed. But yeah, hmm. I don't know. It was just something that I kind of thought of. Yeah, and it, I I also like I, I was wondering he said that his parents burned up, but they must not I mean maybe they have some other festival where they burn people up too because it's like if this only happens every 90 years that doesn't add up. Yep, this is like the one thing where it gets a little muddy. Yeah, but there's probably other ceremonies that we just don't know about. Or they maybe yeah, they might have some other sacrificial type deal that they just didn't yeah. do at this one. Yeah, this is just one. <laughs> I'm sure they have more than just one, you know, holiday ceremony. Well, so fast forward just a tiny bit to later later that night. Um, everybody's going to sleep except for Josh, who we right. see with his his pretty sweet Nikes on. Uh, he is definitely. Which is also, uh, I, I don't know how much you know about Colts. Um, do you know about the, uh, yeah, the Nike purple blanket? He- Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of, actually. And I wondered if that wasn't, like, a little, like, homage or not. Right, for the people in the know, now you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So, he goes in to sneak in the the area where they have the religious scripture to take pictures of it. Which he knew he wasn't supposed to do. Knew he's not supposed to do. And while he's in there, uh, someone shows up in the barn behind him, or this room. I keep calling these every room they have in this commune a barn. But um, It was like a barn, though, yeah. <laughs> and this guy shows up behind him, and he, he looks like Mark, and he's pantsless, it looked like. Yeah. This reminded me a lot, actually, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, of course. Yeah. The, he gets hit with a mallet. And he kind of writhes around on the ground, uh, and someone in the shot is making a really weird noise. I don't know if it's Josh. I don't know if it's Hammer Guy Number One, or I don't know if it's the guy wearing <laughs> that walks up wearing Mark's face, and and kind of hovers over him. It's a really disturbing scene, and it really, really reminded me of uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
that first that that kill at the door where he opens up the door, smashes him. The dude's like writhing around on the ground, and he pulls him in and then slams the door shut. And what was very Texas Chainsaw, besides the obvious of wearing someone's face, was the kind of like way that he was like turning his head, kind of like curiously. Yeah. Like that was very Texas Chainsaw. Leatherface. Well, so now we're down to two. Yeah, so we have just Christian and Danny, Danny left. Yeah. yeah. Well, and mm-hmm. Pe- Pele, but he doesn't count because he's part <laughs> yeah, of no, the he doesn't count. death cult. So then we show Christian sitting in a chair, and he's literally staring at a uh, drawing of a bear burning. You noticed that, right? Oh, yeah, I did. I did write down, though, um, before that happened, they do the next morning. They do say to everyone that uh, Josh and, right. and Mark have left or left the commune in that. Uh, well, first they say that their book, the the Ruby Raider, Ruby Ruder, Ruby Ruder, I don't know. Ruby, I Ruby, Ruby Ruder, Ruby Ruder, Ruby Ruder. So the book is missing. So they say, which it's not. Um but after the little speech at breakfast where they basically say, hey, if anybody knows about this, uh, we'll be leaving the place open, unsupervised, just go drop it off. Basically kind of yeah. alluding to the fact that they don't know that, you know, they totally have it and they caught somebody trying to take pictures from it. Uh, yeah. And then so Danny and Christian go to talk to the elders about what's going on. And that's when uh, they find out that the uh, they believe that the elders think that josh or mark was up to stealing that book and that's when christian really does a turn and he kind of just says basically like oh it was josh like basically like i have no fucking clue but it was josh because completely throws him under the bus and then is like i would be so embarrassed to be associated with him in any way like just over the top. Like, he isn't just like, hey, look, my friend gets a little passionate. Nothing. Like, he's just like, we're not even associated with that guy. Well, and you're just refusing to look at the pattern that's right in front of your stupid face where all these people have yeah. just now gone missing in this fucking cult. And you're going to sit there and blame one of the people that went missing for this text that isn't even fucking missing. Sorry. Anyway, so. <laughs> so then actually we we see kind of the very jonestown um ritual where everyone's given the psychedelic tea and um they do the little dance that for the the black one well and they they do split up this is also very important they do split up after they talk to the elders about what's going on they split danny and christian up uh and they 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 send her to do the mayfair may queen uh ritual um, and then they send Christian to uh, the older elder lady's house, I believe. I think that's the the person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he's looking at that picture of, of the bear burning. Yeah. Which is like, bro, run, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's a bear there already. Um, and then, oh, and he thinks he's about to get interrogated about the Ruby Raider. Right, yeah. So he, like, immediately, again, like a total bitch, in, in, instantly says, look, I had nothing to do with that book. I don't know what happened to it. And the lady's just like, all right, idiot. Um, What do you think about Maya? <laughs> yeah, she wants your seed, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, do you want to fuck this chick or what? <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? Maya? Uh, I guess. Lots of, lots of drugs. 
happened. Lots of drugs. Oh, yeah. That lady says to him that he's an ideal astrological match who's been approved to mate with Maya. I wonder how they found that out, if that was from, like, yeah, the, the, astrological. the finger it's a paintings. very L.A. thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, he's a Taurus. Yeah, one of the finger paintings, it's just, like, a green blob, and they're like, oh. Yeah. Scorpio, great. It's a perfect match. <laughs> they're perfect. Yeah. Foolproof. Well, I guess on the flip side of the coin, then, Danny is also taking some uh, of that tea, the special tea that they have. And getting yeah. introduced to the May Queen ritual, like you were saying. Dance thing, yeah. Uh, they People danced until they were dead. And then right. so they recreate the ritual to kind of dance until they fall down. And whoever is left standing is the May Queen. Yeah, I, I thought this was an interesting parallel, too, that someone tried to give Christian some of that tea. And he tried to reject it at first. And he said, oh, I think I'm going to have a bad trip. And she was like, oh, no, you won't. Which, <laughs> like, so he was like, all right, great. And then he just, like, was, like, down the hatch. Yeah, well, is, is that the same lady that's like, yeah, this is, like, uh, it's going to open you up to suggestion. Yeah, yeah, she says something like that. And I kind of feel like that is the moment where he makes his decision of what might happen. It sets him on the pathway of what's going to happen. I mean, what was going to happen was going to happen anyway. But right. yeah. I think when he sees Danny dancing yeah. and having fun and not needing him in all this, uh, yeah. and he, he knows this other girl's already on to him, and he just wants whatever's easy. So I think at that moment, he's like, well, maybe I don't want to make this decision because I can't make any hard decisions. I'm literally incapable of making any hard decisions. So you know what? Fuck me up with your drugs and make the decisions for me. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like, I guess that's what we're doing. Kind of the vibe I got from him at that moment. Um, until he fully loses control completely, because they just keep pumping him full of fucking crazy drugs. And he does, of course, go on to have just an absolutely terrible trip. Yeah, uh, probably all-time worse, like, top five. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically, uh, An- uh Annie... Danny is the last person standing. Um, she does become the May Queen and everyone is kind of celebrating her. And in that flurry of celebration, she thinks that she sees her mom for a second. She says, Mom? And the person like oh, walks away. Yeah, yeah. Her mom and, and her very... dad. They both walk by. Do they see her dad too? Yeah, no, this is the thing. I... Like, it, uh, if I didn't watch it three times, I literally wouldn't have saw that. Okay, yeah. Honestly, I'm so bad at facial recognition well, in and, general. <laughs> and then it <laughs> like, gets, but then it gets crazy too. So, like that whole scene's wild. Not to mention, like this, she is tripping harder, a hundred times harder than earlier in the movie. She has like the little, the little wreaths or flower arrangements that they have on their head. Like she has this one little flower. Around. It's like opening up and breathing. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's just super wild visuals. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. And uh, she is just, yeah, tripping balls. When she wins, she's the May Queen. She sees mm-hmm. her mom. She sees her dad. I think she's also just exhausted. And, like, I, I think she's so f- fucked up and confused, but also digging it uh, and yeah. really liking the fact that, like, she doesn't need to understand these people because their empathy is what's kind of drawing her near them because that's all she needed. She got zero from anybody else. Right. And... Yeah, it's it's she. So when they pick her up on this little table type thing, and they kind of move her uh, as the May Queen, kind of like a, almost like a, a float in a parade. As she's passing by in the background, 
you can see her sister in the trees with the hose like hooked up to her Oh, face. shit, really? I think this scene is like her purging. It's right before she's about to purge like all of her old life and connections and traumas. Huh. It's just kind of all going by the wayside at this moment, and she's making the leap to where she inevitably ends up. Crazy. I didn't even notice that her sister was in the trees. It's super trippy. But yeah, and then when you see it like real time, it's just like, yeah, wow, it's pretty crazy how all that happens. Wow. Um, and then of course Christian is starting to freak out. Like he's he's kind of like standing back while everyone's praising Danny. And he's just like, What the fuck is going on? And then they sit down at that table and he looks at the man next to him and just says, Excuse me. What's going on? And the guy just claps his hand and everything just like reverberates and is all like liquidy and flowy. And and he's like, why would you do that? And the guy just doesn't answer him. I feel like everyone there just like fucking hates him. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially now, like they're at the point in their celebration where they don't need to they don't need to humor him anymore. Right. Yeah, they're like, you're going to fucking die, dude. Which yeah. they don't know yet, because remember, she has to choose. Right, yeah. But it's like, also, choice or illusion of choice? I mean, yeah, that's true. He's also, like, paralyzed for, maybe yeah. for life. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy <laughs> shit. I know it is. And they try to, like, feed her that herring thing. Which is hilarious, like because she reacts yeah. like a baby. Like a child, yeah. like they're like but she's tripping balls. Oh, I know, and that's why it's funny because she's they're like you know oh here comes the plane you're gonna hear dr- eat, <laughs> yeah. the, eat the herring and she puts it, she tries but then the look yeah. on her face and she's just like <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's comical it is but it's like sweet like it didn't bother me I was no like, it's it's in, it's endearing because yeah. it it's shows endearing. you it's, yeah. it shows you that they're they're kind of jovial with her that they're joking because at first you're like okay here the weird shit's starting. And, yeah, and it exactly. Is, it is weird, but it's kind of nice. I don't know. It is. Yeah, it is. So then um, she makes a a, a comment where um, the, the like lady tribe chief, I don't know, whatever mm. that lady was, she says something like, well, you know, now it's traditional for the May Queen to bless our crops and livestock. And Danny says, can Christian come with me? And she says, nay. The May Queen must ride alone. And I thought that was cool. And they make this trail of flowers that they force Christian to follow, because now he's going to deflower this one trick. Right, and he is he is uh, under influence at this point. And not to mention that they did kind of, like, all this separation that's going on, like, I think it's becoming, like, a reality to him, even right. through this drug-induced shit that like him and Danny are no longer a thing like this is that's over regardless of what's happening like that's that's how that's gonna end up because not everybody's walking out of this place today <laughs> yeah literally unable to walk yeah so yeah they, they basically go on with just ritual shit like they're burying meat and eggs for some reason <laughs> and like dancing around it and they get Christian even more fucked up on some kind of fumes that he has to inhale that's going to help his vitality or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I'm guessing it's like it's going to probably keep him hard 
Yeah. Throughout this yeah. traumatic shit that's about to go down. Yeah, and while he's just like fucked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically Christian has sex just completely tripping balls while these old naked women are standing around him singing. And you can tell he's just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it doesn't even, it seems like he's almost robotically going along with what they're telling him to do. Like, it doesn't seem like he's enjoying it. He's very, like, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's the drugs. I think the, I think literally that tea, and I think they did it on the same thing with Danny to a degree. It's just with very, with different results of what they were trying to do. They used that tea to influence her to get her to do the the May Queen thing, and she won. Like, so they, I wonder if it was intentional that she won. It could be. I mean, uh, do you think it was? I mean, I, I definitely think it could. She could have been placed on that uh, fast track to that happening. Um, yeah, but I, I do think the tea is very. Uh, not just a hallucinogen like we would think, but it is more of like a influential kind of thing because that's what cults like would thrive on something like that. There's some drug that um, makes people basically like a zombie. It's like that... a tr- like a truth serum kind of thing, right? No, well, yes, but there's there's one that's like it's like rose in Brazil. And when you, I don't remember if it's like inhaled by a smoke or if it's like ingested. I don't Mm. remember what it is, but it basically makes people just comply with whatever. Like, like they will give it to tourists and then they'll go up to them and be like, okay, take out all your money out of the ATM. And the tourist is like, okay. Yeah. So maybe it's something kind (laughs) of like that. So... From here, basically, we get the weird, rapey sex scene with the yeah. vir- with the virgin girl to repopulate uh, the commune with new genetics. And this is weird. Like, yeah, they have all these naked elders, which I also wonder, too, because they don't show the May Queens. I did wonder, maybe, are these, like, former May Queens? Oh, maybe. It seemed to me like they were just, like, women trying to support the virgin like on her right new well yeah because I, I wondered how that worked within the, with their like hierarchy of like who is what role and like who those people were because they don't really go into like former may queens winners yeah I guess they, 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 don't they really. show the pictures but we don't i don't think we really know what they're what happens to what them. happens to them yeah. i, I yeah. assume that they would just go back to business as usual and like you know the next year they would pick another one uh and it wouldn't be that big of a deal but who fucking knows you know this same same cult that throws grandma and grandpa off a cliff. There's and... no reason to know this, but it seemed like that one woman who came over and like held her hand and was like singing to her. It was like mm. her mom almost. It felt like, like that maybe was like her like legit mom. Yeah, right. Like who's like, this is good. I know it's scary. Like, oh, it's so weird. And then when when they start when they start doing the mimicking of like the, the moans and stuff, it's just so weird. And then, and then the, one of the older ones has to come and like push his ass in to so that completion. he comes in her. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's, it's gnarly. So, okay. So that's, that's going on. Danny just finished her, <laughs> yeah. uh, her, uh, blessing of the, uh, the gains and whatnot. Um, right. <laughs> well, the crop and, and the livestock. Right after that is when she hears the moaning in that side home and she's like, what's going on over there? And that lady who was singing with her is like, I don't, that's not for us. And she's like, well, what is it? 
And the other lady's like, I recommend that you don't check that out. So immediately Danny, just like anyone, is yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, because that works. When somebody's yeah, like, yeah, like, don't don't go over there. It's like, don't that's, worry about that. So you're like, hiding my first thing I'm going to do. You're hiding my birthday presents in there is what you're telling me. Yeah. Because that's all something. Hor- she knows she's like already crying. Look at my cat's like flipping up <laughs> on me. Uh, she already knows like before that it's not good. Like oh, yeah. she's already kind of crying. Yeah. And then, of course, she looks in the keyhole sees her boyfriend having sex with someone else immediately goes into her like cabin and starts having a panic attack. And at the same time as these women are like moaning along with uh, Christian and that uh, in Maya, um, while Danny's having a panic attack, the women that are with her are like having this empathy reaction where they're screaming along with her and they have this like parallel thing happening. Right, yeah. They they kind of feed off of her and kind of give her this this weird oh it's so weird because it's like there's part of it that's like nice that yeah there's this thing, but then it's so like visually and like the audio and vis- visuals of it is pretty disturbing. It seems like what they do to express empathy because then they do it later when the people are burning in the house like they're screaming with them and then they're moaning with uh christian and maya so it's almost like oh we're all one like we're all experiencing this together kind of a deal yeah for sure i think especially the first viewing though it is the most like shocking and it's like yeah this is weird and then i mean the more you watch it the more the less shocking that part is but yeah the first time you're like holy shit what the (laughs) fuck is happening yeah well like it almost feels like for from danny's perspective it seems like it would almost like calm me down if i were her like right screaming with someone and then being like okay like all right you're right this is ridiculous (laughs) like i'm fine we're all together yeah, but no, what really, it was very grounding, which is what you need when you're having a panic attack. Yeah. You need that, like, okay, like, we're making eye contact, deep breaths, like, we're together. And it seemed like it was very intentional. Mm. And I thought that was very cool. Like, there was a lot about this. Obviously, it's a fucked up, from our perspective, group of people. But a lot about it, I was like, I think that's kind of cool. Well, that's why like, it's, I think that's why it's so good, though. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I like it a lot is because it does confront you with like, (laughs) how far are you willing to go with something that's unfamiliar to you? And what something that you see is maybe necessarily well off putting or like I said, mortifying um, might not necessarily be how the rest of the world sees it. Right. Which I think, I mean, a lot of that's just common sense, but for not for everybody. And, no, uh, certainly not. I think this movie rides that line in between those two uh, sides like a razor's edge. And yes. the more you watch it, like I've said ad nauseum in this episode, the more you can kind of pick out little things and kind of decide for yourself. And it also ultimately just clouds it up even more. Uh, oh, I'm sure. To some yeah. degree. Yeah, because I've only seen it twice, but there are definitely times that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Now that I know what happens, like right after Christian comes, he's like freaked out, like immediately he puts two and two together and realizes he just impregnated this chick. Oh, yeah. He he had like the worst thing that can happen after you have sex 
happened to him <laughs> where not only is a bunch of old ladies surrounding you like mimicking what happened but <laughs> as soon as you're done she starts rocking back and forth and she's like i'm pregnant i can feel it and you're like oh, oh shit yeah where's so uh he's... where do they throw the old people off of i need to go there now <laughs> yeah no shit so he he's freaked out He's already like my whole life just changed. Yeah, doesn't know where to uh, go. He's running around naked. Then he sees Josh's foot sticking up out of the garden. He's also still <laughs> tripping balls. Oh yeah. So he's completely naked, completely disoriented, scared, confused, uh vulnerable, very much so. Um and then he goes into this little side greenhouse oh, it's like a where little, he sees like a chicken coop. Yes, where he sees Simon's body is being held up by these like vines and flowers, and there's flowers in his eyes, which are creepy. It's a creepy little they thing. They turned him into a uh, blood eagle. What's a which blood eagle? It's a uh, old Viking ritual that oh, we know. They, like that, flay people out. Yeah, that basically that we assume was like a real thing. Um. But yeah, basically they'd they'd cut someone open for the length of their back and they would pull out their ribs to look like wings and then they would take their lungs and stretch them over the uh the ribs and kind of to look like an eagle. And uh in the way they did it uh was pretty well done too cuz he's tripping and you can see those like the lungs over the the ribs, like really, the lungs are like still kind of breathing, which can't be. No, he's tripping. He's tripping. But he's balls. tripping. Yeah, right. Okay, that's right. And it's okay. just like the way he's visualizing it, and he's so he's tripping balls so hard that he like goes in like underneath it and like looks yeah, up he's at really it, really close up to it. Yeah, it probably smells awful, horrible. And there's all these chi- chickens, like it's fucking Legend of Zelda or something, running around, and then. <laughs> Then he gets yeah. the the old paralyzing dust. I think that's a real drug. I think what I'm talking about is that. It's like a dust that's blown mm. in people's faces. Uh so he this guy blows dust in Christian's face and he passes out. Um and I thought what was so well done in this part cuz it's just like ooh it like makes you shudder um is he closes one eyelid at a time. And you see it from the perspective of what Christian is looking out to. So you just see one eyelid shutting and then the other one, which is such a subtle thing. But you're like, right. oh. Well, Andy's still, like, technically awake. Well, yeah, because he's seeing Like, that's, this. yeah, that makes it so much more, ooh. Yeah. Uh, and the next thing that happens is uh, he wakes up and someone says, okay, hey, Christian, so listen, you can't speak. Um, and you can't move, okay? <laughs> and that's all. Like, she's like, cool. <laughs> like, it's not like it's going to be okay. She doesn't, like, really comfort him as much as she's just like, here's the deal. You're paralyzed. So Christian comes to, finds out he's paralyzed, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't even imagine. Well, even to, like, a giant piece of shit. Like, this is the one, like, towards the end of this movie, it... Literally every character in this movie, you will flip feelings on through different parts of the movie. Because even if he's the worst boyfriend in the world and a giant piece of shit, and even if he entertained the idea of getting with that other chick, like, ultimately, he doesn't deserve this shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the thing about him is that, like, yeah, he's a shitty dude, but it's all clearly out of insecurity. And the same thing with Mark. Right. They are like, yeah, he's a selfish little bitch, but he's also, like, extremely insecure. Mm -hmm. And that's especially apparent when he's tripping. So, um, yeah, there's definitely, uh, again, that's that's what humans are like. We are all pieces of shit, and we're all really insecure, and we all have our varying levels of ethical efficacy. Um, well, but di- different shades of turd. Different shades of, of turd, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's when they announced that, okay, today we surrender nine human lives. Um, four are the new bloods, and four are um, Harga. They're like from the group. Yep, the two old people and then two volunteers. Right, and then one will be chosen by the May Queen. And oh, actually, so at this point I was like, okay, four new bloods. Because Christian wasn't dead yet, so I'm thinking like, okay, there's Simon, we just saw his body. Mark, we've seen his face. We've seen Josh's legs sticking up out of the garden. And at that time I was like, so who's the fourth one? And then they show Connie in a wheelbarrow, and I'm like, it's Connie. <laughs> like, <laughs> there she is. <laughs> She's yep. definitely dead. Um, which is another thing that was lied about at that one dinner. And that guy was like, "Oh, I can answer this. I oh, actually yeah. took her to the train station to meet Simon." When yeah, really, I, she's just dead. Yeah, and then there's um, there's another moment too earlier where they're just like kind of upfront about some of the stuff, but in like a means of not scaring people off. Where, like, they talk about what the kids are doing early on in the movie, and they're like, oh, they're playing, uh, what is it, uh, Skin the Fool? Or something? Oh, yeah. And I then, remember that. And then, yeah. then later on, when we get to the part where we're at, and we're seeing them bring out all these cadavers to line the uh, inside of the forbidden uh, room or barn or this yellow uh, building, that we see Mark has been stuffed with... Hey. Like yeah, like a straw, like, like hey, straw. and he has a like yeah. a little jester's cap on. Oh yeah, good point. So they've literally skinned him. Yeah, he they, is kind they of knew like it was coming. Tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. Ingemar and Ulf have volunteered, and then uh, they do a lottery to choose one name of some random person versus Christian, and they let um, Danny choose. And this is when she finally is like, fuck this guy. Which is a little harsh that she, like, has him murdered. I still was like, Jesus. <laughs> but, like, it's kind of the empowering. Yeah, it's it, it's it's definitely empowering. I also think she's also exhausted riding this crazy weird high. And, like, in this weird spot where she's, like, kind of come to terms with, like, some of her shit that's been going on and i think at this point she's just like over it she's like get him the fuck out yeah fuck him up fuck that guy and i thought also the creepiest part was how they decorated these corpses in actually Mm. very creative and kind of morbidly beautiful ways which yeah. itself was just so off-putting. Well, especially like the 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 kind of effigies that they make of the for the two elders that were the already trees. dead. Yeah, it was kind of cooler. Like the other ones are, you know, okay, but like those yeah, were actually sure. kind of cool looking. They were, which itself was just 
creepy yeah. because you you know they do it weirdly out of respect for the body. You know, like they're like, oh, well, these are our elders. Like this is where we want. This is a tree. It's coming out of his mouth or whatever. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so they start to put these corpses into that yellow temple and they clean out the inside of a bear, teaching these kids how to do it <laughs> someday in, I guess not in 90 years because... They, they die at 72. That is the one thing that doesn't add up. fully add up. Yeah. But, but, like, you could, if you wanted to be a dick about it, you could probably sure. press that a little more and be, ask I for a little more out chalk it. it up to, like, this is just one ceremony out of probably several that they have. Right. Like, you know, I'm sure they, I'm sure they <laughs> disembowel bears for other reasons. Oh, for sure. Like, and Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, the bear might be like a normal part of everything. It might just be, sure. you know, they don't really. I mean, obviously, they don't explain to us all the rituals because they try to keep the audience in the dark because all the characters are in the dark. Yeah, maybe they eat a lot of bear too. They eat a lot of meat. Maybe I like, just need to get the direct. I just need to get the director's cut of the movie. But you need to sit down, Ari, and tell us about <laughs> all of the ceremonies. Yeah, let us know. Let us know what's up. Yeah, another really terrifying part is the two volunteers who choose to die go in alive yeah and they're given uh take from the yew tree no pain (laughs) or no fear wink wink which can't be i actually googled it to to see did you do this to see what you the yew tree is like what kind of drug that is no it's um there's there's one cancer medication that is it uses the yew tree that you know how like aspirin came from a plant too like everything comes eventually from a plant but then i also saw that um in large quantities like the yew plant is toxic and it's very much very painful (laughs) like they basically would have their um stomach get all fucked up like Mm. they, they would be in terrible pain while they were dying like all of that is just like not gonna help and they're burning alive that's the vibe i got <laughs> and like they, they kind of yeah. they do they definitely show that too because it's that yeah. sense of like did they do the right thing like i think they do question this stuff they look at each other yeah and then like when the one of them starts showing pain like it's clear but it's too fucking late because now like you should have left the cult fucking <laughs> way before you decided to volunteer to get burned alive <laughs> But, oh, my God, what a scary part. Yeah. Like, because you can just see him being like, okay, like, I'm going to go into this death. Like, I'm just going to slip away. And then he's like, I'm fucking burning. Yeah, it's nothing like what you expect because then reality kicks in and everything that's real about it kicks in and all the fairy tale bullshit is now gone. Right. And as he's screaming, then they show all the cult members screaming with him and, like, doing these, like, dances, (laughs) like... Uh, and they're smiling, which is like really creepy. All those people mimic the the cries and pain, and then, uh, and then we get probably the the most famous scene in the movie right after that, where Danny is like kind of fucked up at first, where she's like, "Oh shit," and she gets this yeah. look on her face, and then it just slowly turns around into a smile, and she's at home, found a new family. 
It's creepy. Yeah, exactly. She she has a family. And it's kind of a redemption story. Mm. Like this girl who, first of all, is kind of used by everyone. Like it sounds like before uh, her sister is constantly giving her panic attacks and her her boyfriend and her friend are like, it's probably nothing. Right. She does this all the time. Don't let her well, yeah. dictate your life. But then her whole family is swept away from her suddenly. And her boyfriend's a dick. And uh, she finally feels like she's in control. Exactly. And she also doesn't really have many friends of her own it looks like like it feels like she absorbed mostly she that one friend yep the one friend from the phone but other than that it feels like yeah. she absorbed all of his shitty friends kind of as well, well i mean like, i guess we only so it's saw like, them like all together but. right yeah so we don't see a whole lot but it's just kind of leaves you to interpret that there aren't a lot of people close to her that value her or treat her like a human being because even her sister through her own mental faculties uh while she's tr- danny was trying to keep her sister from going over the edge she was in turn pushing herself closer to the edge right and clearly she has panic disorder so she's on medication for it um and has a therapist because they even make a comment where someone's like she needs therapy and her boyfriend's like she has a therapist and then mark's like oh well then she's not like (laughs) and nothing that she does is ever right hey but you know what Um, all those people are uh problems of the past and that's true. They're all burnt up now. What would you say is your favorite scene? Probably that one. The very end? Yeah. Like as far as a scene, like the way it the way it plays out scene for scene, not necessarily like a shot. It's probably that one. Um Me too, actually. Yeah. It, no matter how fucked up it is, it's just very visually and that's what I think about this guy is is it's like visual candy. Even if it's fucked up, like he's very like, look at this imagery, look at this imagery. And I fall for all of it. I'm like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. That's what we're doing now. Yeah. Fucking great scene. Um, Amazing. The, the scenes, the, sh- the shots we talked about earlier too. Fucking great. All the tripping being very close to Tripping to was fucking amazing. Cool. The acting was really good. Pretty much all yeah. around. The characters are great because- you like I said, you'll flip on them, and they'll flip on you sometimes. With not necessarily multiple times throughout the same watching, but like after multiple watches, you'll pick up on little things, and it'll totally sway your opinion in one way or the other. Yeah, and I thought that what was really cool is that you have so many emotions kind of playing out at once. Like even when it ends, on one side you're like, "That is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen," and on the other side you're like. This was really heartwarming. <laughs> like, right. this is great that Danny's character is like found her family. And it's like a fairy tale. It really is. Like from the very beginning when they show that tapestry and they you hear like the that the original Grimm's fairy tales that are actually really fucked up. Right. Sure. Yeah. No, I could see that for sure. Yeah. And uh, it definitely reminded me of yeah, like a dark fairy tale. Style. Have you read those? Not the old school ones. No. I have uh, two translations of them. They're actually fantastic. You should you should pick it up because they're like a bunch of short stories, and there are things that I mean, a lot of them are just like probably new that you don't recognize. But sure. some of them are like, oh, Cinderella, and then you're like, oh, this is way more fucked up than Disney. Right. <laughs> well, isn't that it. like uh, like the Little Mermaid? Isn't that? 
I'm sure that's well. In I there know. Too. I know the yeah. book. I know the book or whatever the original story of Little Mermaid's like really fucked up. That's how. That's how they all are. They are just like, and they're very bluntly put. Like it's it's really good. I think that you would find it very nice. Funny. Hell yeah. I find myself giggling at things all the I have it um next to my bed because it's like if I'm trying to fall asleep, I'm either reading the book that I'm reading or I just want to read a quick short story and I'll read a Grimm's fairy tale and nice. they're all pretty fun, pretty good. Well, for Midsommar, Midsommar. I give Midsommar 4.5 mushroom trips out of 5. You're going to hate this. I gave it 4.5 tickets to Sweden. Hell yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, same I, rating. I can't blame it at all. And the only reason, again, this goes back to like the lighthouse. It's like, this is so good. I can't like, give it a five, even though my last week's five is like not really a five. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, exaggerated. That's like a wrestling, that's like a pro wrestling five. It's script, right, sure. that, that five is scripted. <laughs> but um but midsummer yeah midsummer is right up there with the lighthouse um it's really because it's like i can't give anything a five unless it actually changes my life sure but for me probably the the best rating i can give something is a 4.5 like it is yeah. a fantastic film well and it's so unique yeah yeah i just i really like this movie and it's it, go back to what it. i was saying though it's so unique and where every other movie, even Hereditary, tries to be dark, this one tries to be bright. Um, it, right. It, it, it's it, almost like a challenge. It's subtle. And that's that's what I really like. There's not a lot of... Uh, in fact, probably the only part that's like a gimmicky horror movie move is right at the beginning when they like make you jump with the sound of a phone call. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the most... like gimmicky horror movie thing sure but the rest of it was so subtle right yeah i mean it definitely draws influence from other things um but yeah as far as like tropey stuff like yeah there's not as much as you'd think going into a horror movie especially one I mean, in, from 2019 2020 you know i think it was 2019 hereditary obviously came out first and like right after it i was like rosemary's baby like Boom. That's yeah. today's oh. Rosemary's Baby for yeah, sure. Definitely. This one, although it is similar, like with the culty stuff, there's nothing I can compare it to. I've never really seen another movie like this. But no, yeah, I feel it's it's definitely its own thing and it's a breath of fresh air. No no breath pun intended. Um, right. that uh something in twenty nineteen could come out and be as fresh and original as this was. Yeah, I totally agree. I I'm so stoked on the next Ari Aster film, the as well. um, horror comedy. I'm interested to see well, how he does with like kind of a new type of genre. Well, isn't it? Um, isn't Joaquin Phoenix in it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, we were talking about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, that actually. Sh- that shit's gonna slap. But that's the thing is like either the reaction is gonna be like he's the master, he's one of today's masters mm. of horror. He should stick to horror. This wasn't that funny. Or it's going to be like, what can't he do? <laughs> like, right, yeah. I I don't know. And then he'll probably come out with like a musical or something. Actually, I thought I saw that he is coming out with like several movies right now. That he has like two in the works or something. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm down. Bring it on. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. But our choices for next week, we talked about pulling from the discard pile. Yeah, we're going to flip it up, switch it up a little bit. Yeah, we were. We, this is something that we've thought from the beginning was something that we want to start doing. 
where we'll take options from our discard pile. So do you want to say yours first or should I say mine? Well, I'll do mine. I'll do mine. Um, now, it's funny because I have the movie written down, but I don't have the synopsis written down. So this will be fun. But I'm going to pick The Conspiracy from 2012. This is one of your picks a couple weeks ago. Um, it was on Shudder. And I know it has to do with basically doesn't somebody die? And then there's two guys that investigate it. And it kind of brings them a little close I to think, a culty type situation. Yeah, I get the impression that it was like... Um... Like they, it's it's found footage style, so they are doing a documentary on this guy, and I think at first they're kind of like almost making fun of him, like like a lot of documentaries are, really, mm. where they're like, "Look at this crazy shit." Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think the story starts to go that it's not as crazy as they thought. I haven't seen it. Hijinks yeah. ensue. Yeah, um, always. So that's my choice because that's a movie I want to see. Yeah, that did look really good. Uh, And my choice was one of yours from the discard pile from our first week um, was Host. And uh, I haven't seen this one either. Um, But essentially, from the trailer, it looks like uh, these people, I think in lockdown, like I think during 2020 lockdown. It was like right in the beginning of quarantine. And it was filmed in lockdown too, wasn't it? Yeah, on Zoom. Like yeah, dur- so it's during... actually filmed in Zoom, yeah. and it takes place during quarantine, yep. doesn't it? Or yeah. yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yep. So they are all in like a Zoom meeting, much like all of us were in quarantine, where we're like, "What the fuck do we mm. do?" And uh, they do some kind of like a Ouija ghost ceremony thing, and uh, it goes much better or worse than planned, depending on your perspective. Sure. So that's that. It sounds interesting to me. I don't know if you noticed this, but every week when we do an episode, towards the end of it, (laughs) Ray starts losing her fucking mind. Like, I think she's just like, you haven't given me attention for two fucking hours, and it's not okay. That's fair. Well, it's a good thing we're about to be wrapping everything up. Yes. So Kitty can get her (laughs) attention. She'll get her attention, Duchess. But, uh, okay, yeah, so those are our choices. So we've got host versus um, the conspiracy. conspiracy. So please go to our Instagram and our Twitter. Those are the ones we look at the most, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And vote. Yep, and our handle on both of those is TJ Watch Movies. At TJ Watch Movies. And we will post the winner so you can see uh, what we're going to review next week. And we're excited. Yeah. And follow us, comment to us, get in touch with us. Um, Yeah. And we're all over the place. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, check us out. Yeah. That's about it. Try it out. All right. Well, have a good week. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 